I'm 27. <laughs> Happy birthday. We really did have like a whole weekend party. Blast. Yeah. When we first started this podcast, was I 25? Had I just turned 25? Oh, that's a good question. I think you moved to Michigan when you were 24. So 24, 25. And I think you turned 25 later that year. Right? I think because like we had just started the podcast and that's turned, when I turned yep. 25. And then you maybe. turned six, 26 in Florida. You're going to say I turned 60. <laughs> <laughs> Time just is different in your upper 20s. Especially Wait till your 30s. <laughs> I know, guys. I officially, officially entered my late 20s because you've been giving me so much grief saying I'm already in my late 20s when I wasn't. Yeah. I just now entered them. Congratulations on your upper level. Thank you. Promotion. So Graduation. We met this person, right? And he was like, oh, it's your birthday. What is it? He was like the big 3-0 a little bit later than that. Uh, <laughs> wait, you're like, what? I, I can't remember exactly how it said it, but it was applying like you're in like in your mid-30s. Yeah, like clearly you're, you know, in, in a my mind, dad in my mind, at 5 o'clock like, shadow. I was like, am I not drinking enough water? <laughs> What Have I not been moisturizing every day with under eye cream? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Maybe it's just the maturity that's oozing out of you. That's yeah. definitely not it. I've been that's oozing dad energy it. for sure. And I guess... Maybe, yeah. But remember that time I uh, we had a new coworker somewhere, and uh, we were all introducing ourselves and how old we were. Mm -hmm. And I introduced myself as 40 and didn't bat an eye. <laughs> No, I don't remember that one. And, like, and all of my coworkers are going along with it. I can't remember if this was like a year ago or two years ago, but right. this new person enters the team. Well, I, what are they going to just tell you? Like, oh, straight no? out to my face, right? So I, I anticipated that and I told my other coworkers, I was like, come on, like, let's just see like what we can do with this. Yeah. Like tell them I'm 40. No one cared. They were just like, okay, he's 40. Yeah, he's 40. Yeah, but didn't question it. I, at the I time... I don't think people give a shit. Like, people don't... Was, I don't... Literally... If I met someone that looked like they were 20, and uh -huh. they told me they were 40... Okay. I would have questions. Like, I would ask someone. I'd be like, what is their secret? Like, right? how do they look 11 and okay. they're 40? And if you thought someone was in their 20s, and they told you that they were in their 40s? <laughs> or the vice versa. If you thought someone was in their Wouldn't you 40s, say they looked great? <laughs> No, I'm saying the opposite. Like, if you were like, this person's clearly in their 40s. Oh, and then, then you learned they were in their 20s? Then you were like, oh. You would say, what happened yeah. to you? who hurt you? Who, like, what the hell? Man, the difference between, I don't know. So, yeah. And 40 there's, as well is not, I mean, it is. There's so it? much harmful, toxic, cultural nuance tied up into that, but I just thought it was funny. It is funny. And then I should mention that. It's funny. That I can pass for 40. <laughs> <laughs> what a blessing. So if anyone needs to bring a dad to their wedding, <laughs> if anyone needs a father-daughter dance. Aww. <laughs> Will be there to absolutely forget about it. So, mm -hmm. oh my god! <laughs> like I'd love to go, and you were the kind of person that literally would forget about it till day of, and you're like, "How am I supposed to get to?" So Colorado? for my birthday, one of the things you got me was uh, an ink dip pen, like a calligraphy pen. Yeah, does it work? Is yeah, it, it works. Okay, and it, it's the first time I've ever had one that works because. Okay. The other pens that I've gotten, mm -hmm. so like at the on the nib of a metal calligraphy pen, mm -hmm. there's like this little hole, yep. and it's like this air hole, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, every other pen I've ever had, that air hole gets clogged, yeah. and then you can't shake the ink off, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, 
I was George fucking Washington last <laughs> night. <laughs> I love them for you. I was like dip 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 dip. Yeah. Scribble 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 dip 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 dip. I was George Washington. So if anyone out there wants to do or try like an ink dip pen, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Okay. I mean, you are a patient person, so that helps. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there also is trial and error with calligraphy pens, I feel like, or any type of not... I have like a lot of experience with calligraphy pens, but not dip pens, ones that have an ink reservoir in it that... I always felt like they worked the most consistently. Like... When you're working with like a preloaded, I guess you want to say like <laughs> <laughs> like a calligraphy pen that has like it's I don't like I don't loaded. like the term preloaded. It's locked and loaded, ready to go. <laughs> like you wouldn't you like, wouldn't call a big pen at the store preloaded. Yeah, but what would you call a pen that you had? You would you know I don't know, but I want something preloaded. I want something classier. <laughs> it's ready to release its load. Okay, go with no, it. No, my experience is that it's never ready to release the load, and that's I why know. that's why I don't I like the know. preloaded ones. And then what happens is you are like, oh shit, maybe I'm out of ink, so you start shaking, shaking it, it up, and then the ink and flies then what out. happens? It flies out, or you touch the page, and it's just a, a squirt. It, 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 and it the comes ink, out too quick. And the pens, no they clog preloaded. up. God, this is first. This is yeah, calligraphy I mean, world problems. This is what happens when you listen to a podcast that is run and <laughs> managed by mercurial people. <laughs> You're listening to a Gemini and a Virgo tell you all about calligraphy pens. So, yes, people, I was George Washington. I did not light a candle. I was just doing it by dim lamplight. Mm, but okay. it, it felt just as magical. Yeah, I love that for you. And I got some other shit. You know, some what were socks. you writing? I was actually writing out a quote from Imogen Walters. Oh my god! She said something that was really profound, do and you I'll go ahead and share class? it. I'll share with the class. Do you need to? Is it? Do you need to like get it written down, or you have it memorized? I kind of have it memorized because <gasps> I found it that like profound. Mm. And we were kind of we were actually talking about a, annoying Christian people. Right. Okay, great. And uh, we were talking about how, you know how when you meet like evangelical, like devout fundamentalist Christians and they they really focus on what other people are doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff. I don't meet a lot of you them, meet but a lot I of them. have in my life. I, but, know, I, mean, you see I know the, the type. You see them yeah. in comment sections. Yeah. You see them around. Yeah. I, and I know the type. The She kind of mentioned how when you project all of that sin onto someone else Mm -hmm. and like that's the other Mm -hmm. then it's an opportunity for you to ignore the collective sin yeah right it's a it's it's an opportunity to ignore the collective evils of the world yes anyway she said she said it much more beautifully well that's what i said did you want to i felt like you were gonna fuck it up so i was like I was like, did you want to get it? No. Actually read But because it was so pro- it was so profound, I don't want everyone having access yeah, to right. it. <laughs> I want I want to keep some of it for me because it was really good. And that I thought that sense. was super interesting just that. That is an interesting. And we talk a lot because her and I are both Christians basically. Yeah. Like obsessed with the Bible, obsessed right. with theology. Yeah. And talking about and we have really great conversations about those buzzwords that mean things to some people but they mean completely different things to other people words like 
justification and sin and yeah. blah, 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 all these, these words are so loaded culturally yeah. and they don't have to be. And it's just so, it's so complex, nuanced, interesting. Fucking yeah. love it. She's a genius. She is, she is a genius. One of my favorite things about her is her brain. Is her big old brain. You know, speak, big old fully loaded Speaking noggin. of brains. <laughs> Okay. I actually wanted to talk about the brain today. That's speaking of big brains. I I picked right up on it, huh? And I found this thing from Psychology Today. Yeah. Obviously. Our tried and true. Tried and true. And it's from an author named Ava Krakow. And it was actually an article from today. And it's about the Google effect. Have you ever heard of that? I mean, there's. Maybe, maybe right, not. Maybe like, not. there's like something. There's a couple things that came to my mind when mm-hmm. you said that. So, like, maybe one of them is right. So it's called "Is the Google Effect Messing with Your Brain?" Oh, and the okay, subheader is know. people struggle to remember information that is easy to look up. Oh, okay. So here I can see that. That's not the, what I was thinking. So here are the key points, and I thought that this was interesting, and it kind of ties into some other things that I found, and it all loops together. So here are the key points. The Google effect can be interpreted as a helpful mechanism which filters information before it enters the memory. However, it also comes with several risks, including a dependency on technology and a dampening of life's experiences. Three simple strategies can help you overcome the risks associated with the Google effect. So first, before we go into the article, though, I wanted to talk about how first i wanted to tie it into spirituality because yeah. technically I have like three things technically this in. is a spiritual podcast it, <laughs> technically it is and i think you know sometimes we do better with that than mm-hmm. others some months we do some, some months <laughs> i agree <laughs> the, i wouldn't even say some weeks the winter some seasons i feel like are much yeah. more spiritual and that's why we're and it's we haven't had a winter we season haven't had a winter in about a year in about people. a year and a half so so maybe our supporters will come back to us <laughs> Maybe our podcast will become witchy again in, like, let's say a couple more weeks. Just hang tight, listeners. I have, like, three things that came to mind. Go for it. because I'm a Gemini, if I don't say them immediately, then they will be gone. So you'll have to bring me back to them. So the idea, first of all, behind the, like, looking things up in Google and knowledge, I was really linking it to the suit of the swords of tarot and us being able to explore the connectivity between some of the cards and what you're bringing up. Another one was, I feel like the people who are exempt from this story are the Mercury people. So Virgos and Geminis do not count for this Google, what what are you calling it? Google effect. They are Google, so they can't be affected by the Google effect. So I know, I, I was reading this and I was like, like excuse that's me? not me. I know, like, so much random knowledge. If I Google... However, then my third thought was, I guess that's not entirely true, because I just had a circumstance in which I got poison ivy again. I don't know if we talked about that. But every fucking time I get poison ivy, I, like completely forget all of the knowledge I have on poison ivy like how you get it can it be transmitted like you know do you need to like if you itch it will it spread like is it inter like I know I've had poison ivy so many times and I know the answers to the questions but I was like do I know I feel like maybe I should just look it up again like just to make sure because people will say something or whatever they're like don't touch me I have poison ivy and it's like that's not how it's spread if you've had it for a week, Johnny. Like, what, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever the fuck your name is. Like, 
Um, but then like, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, okay, Johnny, I don't care if that's true or not. And Stay I, away. Yeah, but I was like, is it true? Am I lying? Like, do I know? And I'll fucking inevitably Google it again for the 50th of time. So maybe that's not true. Or, I, or, I, but read, I will say Gemini I, and Virgo. I I've like heard that like a bee sting, you get more and more allergic to poison ivy the more you times do. you get effect. Like, that is at least true for me and from what <laughs> I have Googled. <laughs> Every time I see you, you have a bigger rash. Dude, <laughs> you know what? Other, you know what else? Can we tie a little bit of astrology into this? I'm, Stop I'm, playing in the bushes for like one minute. I can't. I literally <laughs> went yesterday um, and played disc golf. No, so if you don't know, I, I've had poison ivy, the worst it's ever been. It was actually concerning <laughs> by medical professionals, my friends, but they're nurses and doctors, and they were like, "Yikes." Anyways, I think I talked about this on a previous mm-hmm. episode, so I don't need to go into it. Welcome to Sexy Talk. Oh, yeah, here we go. You have to hear Speaking about my, of sexy. My, little, my little adventure <laughs> my little with Mars, the god of sex and passion and war and cuts and leads and all the things. But no, I had Mars transiting my ascendant in Virgo. Currently, Mars is still in Virgo. We just had a new moon in Virgo. The sun is still in Virgo. Um, and for me, typically Mars isn't that big of a shit for me. And so I wasn't too worried. However, it is my time Lord for the year. If you study timing techniques or Hellenistic astrology. So it is holding a bit more weight for me this year, the planet of Mars. And when Mars, the God of action, passion, heat, aggression, sex, motivation, creativity, all of those things conjuncts or hits your ascendant, which is your physical body, your identity, your way that you express yourself, the way people see you, how you start things. It is like a, you know, it could be rashes or or hot or prone to injuries or cuts or things. So like those are little things, right? Not, Not that big of a deal. And normally it isn't, but I swear my poison ivy is gone, but Mars is still in Virgo. My foot, if you look at my leg, it's still really red. Like, you can see where all of the poison ivy was, even though it's completely gone. If I swear to God, if Mars, when it moves into Libra and out of Virgo, if my redness on my leg goes away, it will be the most literal, physical uh, connection to astrology that I've ever had because I feel I'm like why is it it's gone it's not gone it's still there but it doesn't itch there's nothing there so TMI but I'll keep you posted because that will be the weirdest fucking thing will you please upload daily rash photos yeah, right? we'll make a when Mars entered Virgo is immediately when I when all of this started happening so I just feel like when it moves into Libra at the end of the month it's gonna go away listen so the, so the planet just saying Listeners, the planets fly through our lives, giving us wisdom. And rashes. Mar- <laughs> Mars takes a look at Samantha and yeah. goes, you Fuck know what you. this one needs? Yeah. A rash. Hemorrhoids. A bigger Bloody rash nose. than she's ever had in her Bloody life. Bloody noses. So, those points were all interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I, just had to, I just had to say it. I had to... No, but, okay, Let so me I, take it back to the, the, the tarot, this, this Google effect, and, okay. and tarot was one of the examples that I had. Yeah. I think, obviously, it's great that we have a million resources to look at and mm-hmm. read through, find what resonates, and we know that if we forget a card, we can instantly just look it up anywhere. But the downside to that is, is that you never really have to memorize it if you don't want to, which is totally fine. So, like, we're walking a weird line here because technically you can do whatever you want at any time mm-hmm. that you want. But mm-hmm. if you're someone that wants to 
have a firm understanding of it all in your own brain box without anything else. Yeah. Then a potential struggle is being able to Google things whenever you want, wherever you are. So basically this article kind of goes on to say that if we don't have access to resources, the first time we look at a resource, it sticks with our brain much, much, much stronger. Right. Like we're coming from the generation, like you and I are coming from the generation of the internet became a thing when we were children. Mm. So there's generations before who like didn't have the internet until adulthood. And then there's generations after who didn't know a time where there wasn't the internet. We're like that sweet spot in between. We're like in school, there might have been computers and maybe the internet was sort of a thing, but really if we needed to do reports or we needed to do projects, like we had to go to the library. Um, and But then throughout the course of our learning and our journey through school, the internet became available and we ended up being able to do our projects and maybe high school things via the internet. So we had this like sweet spot in between where we know the power of going to the library and looking up all about starfishes to do your report on starfishes when you were or sea stars when you were in elementary school starfishes <laughs> starfishes um and then also you know having the ability of then getting to to use google uh somewhere in between i find and maybe it's because we're coming from that generation where if i'm reading something on the internet and I need to remember it or I need to like utilize that information. If I write it down, if I write it down, even if I make like flashcards or stuff, I do retain it better putting that information and that source into a different form of information and source. And I don't know if you find that to be true as yeah, well. Yeah, I find that to be true, especially because then you're not just typing it in and then it's brought up instantly. when. Let's say you had information you really wanted to reaccess again. I think you could potentially remember it better if you wrote it down, kept it somewhere where you knew where it was, and then if you wanted to access it again, you had to physically go look for mm-hmm. it because it primes your brain to yeah. re-remember it. If you just know it's waiting for you instantly, then you're, this article kind of goes on to say that you will not remember it yeah. because your brain knows that it... And like it said, it's a helpful mechanism technically because it keeps our brains free of clutter. Mm -hmm. So our brains are like, oh, well, he'll just look it up later. There's no need to really take this in. And yes, definitely true. But also let's think about it more deeply Mm -hmm. in terms of... So sometimes you see people that are new to like the spiritual community and they're Mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm just starting out. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. You know, looking at all the resources, blah, blah, blah. And if that's you, by the way, like, I know that sounded extremely condescending. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But apparently Skylar looks down on you. So, okay. But literally that's me. Yeah. That's me today. You're still me. I'm literally like, hey guys, it's, it's, it's like day one basically for me. What's the full mean? Like, I I don't get it. And so when you do that and you have Google, wouldn't that be a enormously different experience than if you had just had books Mm -hmm. or if you had just had if you had to go seek out the information like manually and how much more you would retain just from like the first of all their part of it is like the thrill of the hunt Mm. so like it primes your brain so i wonder if the first time you take in knowledge like that 
if it's different, if it just comes from the first, first page result of a web search, wouldn't that emotionally hit different yeah. than if you had to go out and look for it? Well, I know an example that we've talked about before. It's been literally almost a year, I feel like, since this has been brought up. But, like, I remember being in late elementary school, maybe early middle school, and my mom would take us to the library. We'd get to pick out books, and I found, like, the occult section, and I found which books, and I... We all did when we were, right? Exactly, but think about... Okay, so the problem with this is, like, I didn't know what books were or weren't credible. I didn't know about authors. I didn't get that. And you wouldn't so even know I'd that ones sh- could not be credible. Exactly. I'm thinking I'm reading a book about witchcraft or magic and spells. Everything in... Well, even at that age, everything in books are truth. Yeah. If you were able to publish it, it's truth or it is valid or it is... Like, as kids, you don't, you're not taught that sometimes books maybe mm-hmm. aren't as credible or things like that and so i remember checking out a stack of books and bringing them home and going through them and i read something because i was like i'm a witch like i'm this is the thing now this is this is me okay obviously and i read this is something me. that basically along the lines of you become a witch and you can only become a witch whether you, when you do this bath ritual where, like, you have to have these certain ingredients and these certain oils and these certain mm-hmm. herbs, and you get into this bath, and, like, that's what makes you a but witch. Thrilling. Right? It's thrilling. It's thrilling. However, I didn't have those resources to do those things and to know that that's not the only way to mm-hmm. practice witchcraft or be interested in, in energy or magic and spirituality. And so I literally looked at that book and went, oh, all right, I guess I can't be a witch. Okay. <laughs> and I, I was, and I, I wrote down my symbols, so... and then I moved past it. Mm-hmm. That that didn't give me the opportunity yeah. to. You know, I'm so shocked to hear you say that because I too found a book at the library. Mm-hmm. It may have been like Scott Cunningham or something. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember, but it was. I don't it, mind Scott Cunningham. I yeah. Because I was in like seventh grade or sixth grade, and it was probably really weird and abstract. Yeah, I don't know. It was something. It was yeah. something, but it was very clear cut or whatever. Yeah. And it had something very similar. Like this yeah. is the initiation ritual. These yeah. are all the tools that you have to yeah. have, and these are like all the herbs or whatever. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, psh, well, I don't have that, so I'm just gonna do what I can. And like that was <laughs> You're totally the worst Virgo I have ever met. This is but, why. Th- no, no, people. This is why ascendance or rising signs means really so matter. much more than sun signs <laughs> because really the sun signs are just like yeah I sure it's the my, sun sign. even at a Your young age Pisces my Pisces ascendant knew yeah. that this was all just a f- ephemeral and yeah. that it didn't really matter yeah no 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 my Virgo ascendant <laughs> went oh I don't have the ingredients so I can't do it this must be true and I can't do it like, so I wonder so obviously there's that astrology component but I think how do I put this I think it's really important to discover discover the lesson mm-hmm. that you have to push through things when you don't have the ingredients everyone tells you that you need to have yeah. on your own. Right. So, like, it's important. I think it's the totally... The difference, too, might have yeah. been you might have been 13, I might have been 8. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went, I don't even know how to take a bath on my own <laughs> in general. Well, I, at that point, <laughs> I don't I, know <laughs> if I can... Well, mix. you were too young to be summoning the devil, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Yeah, right. If I would have had a good 
explanation and the right tools, I could have totally done it. I just don't know <laughs> about that. No, I, I see what you're getting at. And like, but there is something about the beauty of the tool of Google where like mm-hmm. the, the most Googled thing or the most, you know, that, that's what that's what's hard though. Because if you know about like CEO, like, or SEO, I mean like search engine optimization and how people can push certain websites or certain articles to the top by paying or by getting clicks and things like that. It's not always the first thing that comes up is the most credible or the best. Typically it is, but sometimes it's not. And so there is still that possibility, but it's nice knowing if you do Google something, the most common answer or the most commonly Mm -hmm. visited site or whatever it is, typically is in the top but okay on the flip side okay a 13 year old today could just hop onto the computer and type in like what is witchcraft (laughs) and probably like a gorgeous article will will come up that is gorgeously summarized and really condensed like years of knowledge into like a few pages that experience of finding it that way is so it's not less valid it's not yeah. less important yeah. but it is so different yeah, absolutely. than having to parse through it having to and... tiptoe through and be like oh wow i just stumbled on the occult set how right? did what? i happen what? in this what? part of the library <laughs> i guess i'll check it out i Literally. might as well see what it's about it, versus oh my like God. some teenager in their bedroom yeah. going like what's amethyst crystal mean like and what Google. can i use it for so in I think that they are two completely different approaches, obviously, but, and both have their drawbacks because yeah. people that did it old school, mm-hmm. quote unquote, are, can probably be super annoying about it and super whatever, Maybe. obnoxious and blah, blah, Maybe blah. Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe not, obviously. Yeah. Because here we are. Yeah. Doing amazing. <laughs> Again, we have both. That's what I think it's interesting yeah. about our perspective is like, we, throughout our lives, their natural progression of the internet came pretty much mm-hmm. at the same time of us growing up. But, like, we did have a big chunk. Maybe me more than you, because there was a few years. Like, I really didn't, wasn't able to use the internet for projects or, you know, looking up and learning things in school until... I would say middle of middle school to end of middle school. And if I was in the early middle school able to use the internet, it was like because I went to a friend's house mm-hmm. or it was like a gift from God herself to say like, look, child, I'll make this I'll make this uh, microbiology exam just a tad easier for you. But like it wasn't something that I every time I needed it, I sat down. It was like, how am I supposed to write a report so- on the solar system without even? I remember we had a family computer, but it didn't have internet on it. Mm, So what the hell were we supposed to do with that thing other than play games? But yeah, solitaire. So in fifth grade, I went over to a friend's house Mm -hmm. and he had a favorite website. It was called (laughs) boobsstopatrain.com. Somehow I knew we were going to end up here. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't know how. It was pictures of like bare-breasted women on train tracks. (laughs) First of all, what a specific kink. It's such a specific. specific. And at first, because, you know, I'm gay. Yeah. And What, you are? And and I was so young that I don't (laughs) think that I, I... I was looking at that and thinking, oh, well, one day... That's what I'm going to like, right? One no, day. No, you were like, one day, that's what I'll be. One day. Th- <laughs> <laughs> if I play 
playing my cards right. I'm playing my cards like, right. What do you want to be when you grow up, Skylar? I want to be one of the. Chicks. I want to be. Yeah. I want to be one of the boob stop a train girls. <laughs> and so I wonder if that website's still around. Oh but my god! Can we look it up? No, because I will get ninety viruses, and <laughs> our home network will be hacked <laughs> for sure. And I remember thinking, like, it's just so weird when you come across information like that when you're so young because everyone's perspective of it will be different. Yeah. Because I didn't look at it as exciting. I just yeah. thought, like, oh, weird. Mm-hmm. That's a boob. Yeah. Why is it stopping a train? <laughs> <laughs> is the train coming? Is she okay? Are they all right? Is she safe? Is the train still intact? Those are some pretty <sighs> big knockers. So, you know what? I was thinking about the projects or the uses of the internet to get knowledge during Mm -hmm. my schooling of like before I utilized the internet and after I utilized the internet. And I don't remember a single fucking project from high school at all. I remember multiple. I remember almost every single project and thing that I did before I used the internet. You like, want to I know did a, maybe was... one of the differences that would have started happening? So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of teachers now, like while I was in high school, when we were doing a report, there was a requirement that three of our sources had to be from, from books. books. So yeah. obviously you would rem- If I'm looking back, I do remember those projects. And I wonder if it's because I had to parse through books. Yep. To get that information. And you still have to do that sometimes with Google. You still mm-hmm. have to do that and like... Oh yeah, you gotta go You gotta go to page 11 Yeah, like if you want to search, like for. let's say you talked about... I talked about Mars being in Virgo. Maybe you're like, oh, I want to know what Mars in Virgo or whatever. So you search Mars in Virgo and you're like, this isn't exactly telling me what I need to do. Let me try another oh, yeah, website. You gotta, or, gotta keep You know, you gotta find exactly what you're looking for um, to get there. But it takes... Minutes. You know what <laughs> I mean? At you most. Uh, and so searching through the books. Would your understanding of the concept... It, it would be different, but what mm. would those differences be? For what? Looking up information? Yeah, like learning something really quick that took somebody else ages to find and parse through. Like, Wouldn't you say that there's a difference? I just don't know what that difference would be. Or would the people who are learning it rapidly be less likely to remember it? But they don't need to. They don't need to remember it. And you know doesn't... what I think the problem with it is for me is visually, if I'm... Re- okay, this is a good example that I was just watching Colleen Ballinger and I just... She was talking about this being a little bit of like an ADHD thing. I think that this is not to dis- discredit or downplay hers. And mm. I also feel like there's good possibilities that I have undiagnosed attention deficit. <laughs> but in any sort of form, it doesn't matter. Um, I was listening to her talk about how when she's looking up a Pinterest recipe, how she has to write it down. Like even if she screenshots it or she has it up on her phone, she still has to write all the ingredients and the steps down on a piece of paper or she won't be able to do the recipe. She was like, there's too many ads, there's too many things to scroll through, there's too many distractions to get out of the recipe and go into other things on my phone, like I just can't concentrate. So when I read it, put it on a piece of paper, you know, I can read it or understand it or follow it better. And I get that from just like using Pinterest recipes that makes completely so much sense. But just in general, like trying to learn or get knowledge 
from a website or from Google. Like if you just open up Google right now and you search something, ads flashing so around you. So much going on that overstimulates or that can distract you from what you're trying to do. And when you click on a website, you get to the website, even if it's a really simple article, there's things up top with different links to their social media or other things on their website that they have offering. Or like, I think there's a lot of overwhelm and overstimulation when you're using the internet to find sources. And when you open up a fucking book, it's just the information on the page, typically. Yeah. And in the pictures, if there are some, are tending not to be distracting. Especially like those, They're those helpful. Early, well, not in the early 2000s well, books, where they're one inch by one inch black and white photos yeah, that are so grayed out yeah. that you can't even tell what you're looking at. Yeah. So let me read some more from this article really fast. And okay. let's see. So here's some examples of easy information that people are likely to forget. So examples of easy information include facts available on online encyclopedias like Wikipedia, news headlines on specifically mobile phones, phone numbers, uh, people's birthdays, and vocabulary that you learn via inside of a Kindle or via an internet dictionary. Okay. So obviously every once in a while we'll look up a Kindle word and remember it, but it yeah. said that when you look at, when you click on a word inside of an app and then learn the word on like recall tests, people are like thirty percent less likely to ever remember that word wow. again. Which is you would think it would That's be this significant. It would be this you would think it would be the same as just opening up a dictionary and looking yeah. up the word, but apparently not. Apparently it's all about priming the brain for the way that you initially learn mm. the information, determines how your brain stores it and where it categorizes it, as we'll see in another article if we get to it. Yeah. So <clears throat> So, oh, here was one of the studies, and it was really interesting. So it says, scientific evidence for the Google effect is provided from blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the experiments required participants to read and type out 40 common knowledge facts, such as an ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. While half of the participants were told that all of the facts would be saved on the computer, the other half assumed that all the facts would be lost. All participants subsequently completed a memory test that was checked via their recall of the trivia. It turned out that the second half of the participants, aka those who had been told not to rely on the computer to store the information, clearly outperformed the rest. Yeah. So, um, basically people that were told like, oh, well, the computer will store this, you'll take the test, mm -hmm. and then after that you can check your answers again. Even though they knew that they wouldn't have those answers during the test, uh, they still performed worse. Yeah. Which is so That's weird. Because they both looked at the same information for the same amount yeah. of time, but the people that were thinking that the information would be gone remembered a lot more. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. Interesting. Like I, I just, mean, I feel like that has a lot of that. Just, that just has a few implications for what it means to learn something new for the first time and how right. you learn it. Right. And so, like, for you, when you're learning uh, a language per mm -hmm. se, like, do you find it more helpful to learn via like a course online or a Duolingo app? So with ling or with language learning, you have to have like thirty different media's that you're interacting with. Because there's like the auditory component mm -hmm. and 
when, with the auditory component, you have to listen to it on all different types of speakers so that you can learn to hear language through all of the different media formats, like right. from a TV, from a speaker. Mm-hmm. And then also you have to learn like what it looks like on a page mm-hmm. because how like in Cyrillic, the way it's typed into a book looks different than how it looks on the internet. And mm-hmm. so like it all converges into one. But I will say that when I'm learning from the computer, it's just not the same as when I have... <coughs> Sorry. Literally, God was like, shut your mouth when you talk It's to not me. the same <laughs> as from a textbook where I can just have it open and just stare at it. Yeah. I don't know. But I feel like I do learn more from the internet. But the things that I've learned from a textbook, I could recall to you that I learned it from a textbook. Other things, oh, other things that I've learned, I would not be able to tell you where I got it from. Isn't that strange? Mm-hmm. But it all ties into the Google effect. Something about learning something from a screen, from the internet, where you know it's immediately retrievable again with a click, your brain will not store, it. first of all, where it got it from, and second of all, potentially might not store it at all. But isn't that interesting that your brain also will not store where it learned it from? Mm. But if you get it from another media like a magazine or something printed or something where you have to physically retrieve it your brain will remember exactly where it got it from yeah what the hell like how random well, i feel like that's such an interesting way to tie in to like the sword suit of the tarot because the tarot is in four suits there's the pentacles which is very it's earth element and it's very much material possessions finances the physical world or physical bodies any commitments and things like that there's four suits, but the, the air suit is communication, processing of information of any kind. Um, it's really about the mind and thoughts and words and communication, right? So we have those two separate things in the tarot, but sometimes the cards overlap. Um, mm-hmm. We're like, you might get, um, you know, a card about the pentacles, like the four of pentacles and how you got there, you still have to incorporate all of the suits and all the aspects of life. But it does kind of like specify it down to thinking about them differently. And what's interesting is my brain is going into like the separation of this when you're thinking about it, like a book is in the physical world, like the physical would be like connected to earth or the pentacles suit in the tarot. And the internet to me is very air right and like you learn things from air and it almost seems like the article is implying that you need multiple yeah you gotta multiple multiple. things and like learning air from air doesn't seem as tangible as having it in a physical form and like obviously your phone or your laptop which holds the internet is a physical item but you're still not learning from that device you're learning from the internet which is such a air it's such a light and flighty and unpredictable and unexplainable source that's why we love it right it's so good but it just seems weird to think about like if you were to put together but even thinking about like putting air and fire together if you were to learn something by doing a physical activity right like if you were exercising as well as being told information while you were exercising, you write, you might remember that source better because you had something else to tie it to, that activity or that form of that activity. 
um, where it just feels like if you were to like try to learn air from air, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you might get that information, but what is it supposed to stick to? What is its tangibility like supposed to latch onto? Like, I guess with the emotional, there's only other one we didn't talk about, like cups and like the emotions. But typically when you have thoughts or information tied to an emotional or a, um, you know, I guess just emotional is the only way I can explain it. Memory or circumstance, like you really do remember those because you feel them even when you're thinking them. Like, do you know what I'm trying to get at? Like Mm -hmm. having air with air just doesn't seem like it would stick in general. And internet to mind or mouth to internet doesn't seem like tangible long term. I. Is it too meta? No, it's meta, and I like I like that idea of you have to kind of combine everything. Yeah. And also, I just think it bears repeating that, like, let's say, like, the only way you have access to information is, like, from a computer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's, like, just as fine. Yeah. But it's different. Yeah. But, no, it's, it is it is just as fine. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's not. Oh, yeah. Like, I, if you're I just wanted to make sure that people understood that? that I was saying, like, it's yeah. fine. I'm just... I'm starting to see how different it would be to approach spirituality through the internet. I love it. And it's just, it's different and it's not better better or worse. It's just so different from, as I'm thinking about the way that I've pieced it together. Yeah. It's just, I don't even know what I, what I could even say about it yet. Yeah. I just know that I'm interested. I mean, I have two things. Again, that's always just... Um, Go for the it. first one is if you only have the internet to learn this from this is like your only source like Skylar said it doesn't like discredit you or doesn't make that it's better or mm. worse but you could think about how you could be integrating other components of elements into it instead of just internet to face yeah um write it down people book of shadows grimoires mm-hmm. bible journals uh Whatever you have that can bring those thoughts and that information and have it give you that tangible source. Again, the idea behind learning it as you're exercising, go for a run and listen to your audiobook on mm-hmm. the cosmos or whatever you have so you can. Speaking of audiobooks, yeah. everyone listen. There's a new Sarah J. Mass no, book out. The Midnight Library on Audible. Okay. Just listen to it. It's amazing. Even though I heard this. Oh, it's a book. Yeah, I just heard there's some controversy surrounding it, but it's still good. Okay. I haven't read what the controversy is yet, so I hope okay. it's not too bad. But anyways, continue. Oh my god, then why would you say this? <laughs> the other thing... So yeah, just like you can, you know, integrate them together, even if it's your only source. Um, I forgot what my second was, because you- <laughs> that's all You're welcome, words. listeners. So, but like, okay, so uh, this this ties in again. It says, could the Google effect actually be helping us prioritize information that's really worth remembering? Some scholars agree with the statement and highlight that we are evolving to be more efficient in our computerized environment. Others, however, point to different risks entailed in our over-reliance on Google. So risk one is dependency. A prerequisite for relying on technical memory aids is the continual availability of these aids. So when you don't have it, you're dependent on it for sometimes just basic information, like like your poison ivy example. Mm -hmm. You'd have to go find out. Whereas if you had learned it in a different way or like written it out the first time, then you would have remembered it. And this is such a weird example. I'm going to talk about my poison ivy again, because 
I got so sick of fucking Googling it every time I get it that I just made a Word document and I grabbed pictures of what each of the poisonous plants look like, like sumac, oak, and ivy. And I put like some descriptors as well to remember and uh, printed it out so I can stick it in my disc golf bag, which is where I typically get poison ivy from, <laughs> so that when I'm out and about, I can look at it and remember it in the physical before, like preventatively, before yeah. I get it. And like, it's just, again, another another suggestion of like, I knew that I wasn't retaining the information that I kept looking up. So I was like, how about I just print it out? And physically have it with me. So and then eventually kind of learn it. Because it's exactly what we're talking about. So, blah, 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 blah. Also, it says, like, the dependency on it. It says there's always the risk of being wired and people feeling overly dependent on the internet experience stress and anxiety at higher levels than other populations. Um, also, well, I mean, that's my thing always is like you've heard me say it a billion times like when we're having an argument or something first of all if we're having an argument it's because i'm really sure that i'm right and i almost always am you know <laughs> that's just how it goes and i'd be like look it up look, look go it ahead up. and look it up right now go ahead look it up look it up because i just well, that like, sucks all the fun out of it uh, if you uh, can just look it up yeah well the, to knowing i'm right for sure <laughs> like you the amount of times in my life that i said go ahead look like, it up look it up is like too many too many <laughs> but also this is risk two i don't know if i fully agree with this one let, let me get your take on it okay it says risk two of the google effect having the internet to learn all of your information yeah. not storing your information blah, blah blah is called missing out on a full life experience so like the like like a proactive fomo something like that it says another risk refers to the google effects potential to diminish our quality of life only taking fleeting looks at online information can lead to people missing the more nuanced messages contained within a piece of information. So... Huh? I totally zoned out. So, I've seen this before, especially when it comes to, like, trying to learn about specifically something like meditation, right? Uh -huh. Every once in a while, it's good to, like, Google it and see what the fresh new scoop and, like, information on it is and okay. see what people are saying. But there's something to be said for like a full classic like take on the matter like when things fall apart or like those classic books yeah that are just uh so in depth okay and like they explore the nuance and they tell stories and you know there's just so much of the same information so, re repeated over and over again that you get nuance so yeah. when you get tidbits of information online yeah. that you can't get from a book you miss out on the nuance you miss out on some bigger pictures you yeah. miss out uh there's just something potentially missing there mm -hmm. and i agree with that to a point but i don't know i don't know it feels very extreme to say you are missing out on the full life experience because that's yeah. probably not true um and what if you don't care about nuance hello <laughs> <laughs> hello meet the world's worst <laughs> um yeah i I love reading beginner books, uh, especially... First of all, they're fun. You know what it is, is it's like the more complicated or the more expert or the more deeper I dive into a subject and just saying astrology, like mm -hmm. for an example, because it's like the most prominent thing or tarot as well. 
I find that I start to really overthink some of the most basic of concepts. And while there's good things and challenging things to that, I find it so helpful every once in a while to just throw in a real beginner book because they're explaining, they're not explaining something I don't know. They're explaining something I already know in a new way, in a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, divination and astrology and astrologers or any information, it's everything is biased. Everything is coming through the eyes of the interpreter, of the teacher, of the clairvoyant, whatever it is. It's coming through a biased perspective of their opinions, their experiences. And so I feel like the more I can, the more knowledge I can get and the more basic books I read, it gives me, it's still going to be biased because it's still coming through my eyes when I'm interpreting it to other people. But it's like I'm getting more nuance. It's more than nuance. It's like I'm widening my scope of, other biases that I'm learning it from. Each mm-hmm. perspective that I'm getting is another view through another bias opinion, I guess. No? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so there are three quick tips for us to overcome the Google effect oh, collectively. That. Okay. So um, step one is, oh, we, actually, we kind of already touched on this. Go to a fucking library. Yeah, make a conscious effort to search for information. So actively trying to switch off your autopilot and making a conscious effort when searching for new information can go a long way in improving memory. The strategy links in the notion of mindfulness, blah, 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 which aim to increase mental presence. So paying full attention to the information you're currently processing and decreasing distractions. What is a subject that you feel like, whether you're interested in or not, that you just doesn't matter how you get the information you just seem to always retain the fucking knowledge that is needed like no matter what i'm reading about oh that's a really good question like i'll tell you i'll tell you mine and maybe it'll give you uh like a more of an example for me celebrity information i don't know what it is i will hear it one fucking time i will read about it one fucking time i will see the title of an article and I will remember it. I just am like a stupid sponge for celebrity drama, timelines, relationships, movies they've been in, quotes that they've said, who they've been with, who, what kids they have, if they've ever had a musical career. Like if I hear it and I know it, I don't even give a shit if I don't even know the actor, I will remember it. And it's like, I don't know why or where that comes from, but I just feel like I am a knowledge sponge for celebrities. Nothing. I fucking love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I don't. I can't think of anything like that for me specifically. Yeah. Other than maybe, you know, language what stuff or what? What do you think? I think it's bigger than language for you. I feel like your cultural knowledge of like locations, like countries, geography, like geography. I would. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, like geography in general, like capitals or like information of certain countries or i love um, that shit yeah i feel like yeah but even if you didn't love it i feel like you just i feel like maybe you do retain it because you do love it but um i think it just comes really easy easy and naturally to you i'm very worldly so it obviously (laughs) flies into my brain what city are we in right now no don't say it don't say it 
I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I so I love the world, but I have no idea where I'm at. <laughs> I'm so worldly. I don't know where I am in the world. So number Pisces. two, <laughs> number two is take handwritten notes. I know this strategy is to make a physical note of new information. And no, I don't mean printing out a Wikipedia page. Instead, try to take some old-fashioned notes. It says the process of synthesizing the information and spelling out words forces the mind to engage and slow down, contributing to deeper levels of processing and an improvement of subsequent memory shown in studies. The amount of times I have suggested this on my YouTube channel is fucking annoying. It's <laughs> at this it point, not, and I'm about to make another video where I talk the entire time about like journaling and all my different types of journals and how I use them and why I use them. And I think people forget. It's so fucking simple. So it's how could simple. it possibly work? Yeah. And it does. If I, if I don't... We don't know how, but it does. We don't know how it does. If I, if like, let's say I'm trying to learn like a new word in Russian. Yeah. There's no way I'm ever going to learn that word unless I write it down. Yeah. There's just no way. And it goes back to the Pinterest thing again, too. It, it could be... It could be that, you know, it, there's a lot of distractions, but there's also, like, even when my dreams, we've talked so many times about my dreams. I, if I don't have time, if I do not write my dreams down, I will not remember them. Oh, yeah. So you record them. So I record them. And you know what the difference is? Is that I could just keep them recorded. They could just be audio tracks, but I do not remember my audio tracks. I will listen to an audio track and... And unless I verbalize it or I write it down, I will forget about that audio track until I listen to it again. As soon as I listen to that dream that I recorded in my audio and take pen to paper, pausing as I go to write sentence per sentence about what that dream was and I solidify it into the physical realm in a fucking journal or in a scrap piece of <laughs> gum wrapper, I won't remember it. And it's like... what. It could be the internet. It could. I just. There's something about bringing the mind into the physical realm by putting pen to paper that really do be hitting different. You know what I'm saying? Doobie. Doobie. <laughs> about to have me one of them. <laughs> and then this last tip is, you and I are gonna. We basically Spring. are. We're gonna just say go fuck yourself to yeah. this author. Leave your gadgets at home. Okay. Get fucked. <laughs> a final deceptively simple tip is to decrease okay. your use of Stop technical that, devices yeah. <laughs> such as phones, cameras, or computers. Um, it says if your technological aids are unavailable, you have no choice but to remain retain more knowledge. So obviously, I thought this was just interesting, and also it sucks because there's just so many different types of life circumstances around. Stuff like memory, mm -hmm. what you can do, mm -hmm. people's different physical abilities and stuff. So, like, I recognize that there's an intersection of all yep. those things. Yep. I feel like I'm just, for you and I, it's just so strange. It all so the different strange. ways that we can approach knowledge. And, I agree. But yeah, you're right. There is some people that physically can't write something down. And that doesn't mean that they won't. They're, they're not going to learn it or they don't have the ability to mm -hmm. retain information. But It's just going to be different. Mm -hmm. And just want to make sure I pointed that out. But... So, guys, did you know, did you know that, okay, so there's this other article from Psychology Today, and it was from back in 2014, and they had a bunch of people at a museum, and half of the group was asked to take pictures of the artwork that they were seeing, and the other group was said they could not take any pictures and at the end, they were given a quiz about the art that they had seen. <sighs> and the people that had taken photos remembered nothing. 
Wow. Remembered almost nothing of what they had seen. Even though they had stood there and stared at the art outside of looking at it through the camera, they yeah. stood there just as long as the people who weren't allowed to take pictures. And wow. So, okay, you would it seems kind of but get this, this was the fun twist. But taking a picture at an art museum does have the air of like, oh, I'll look at I'll it look later. I'll look at it later. Right? So, it's your brain. Yeah. But it's so they did the study a second time. Yeah. And they asked people to the people that were taking a picture, they asked them to zoom in like through their camera lenses mm-hmm. on a specific portion of the art and the people that were asked to zoom in on a specific piece of art remembered more of the entire artwork than the people that didn't take a photo at all. So like Wait, the, oh, wow. okay. so like the process of actually taking your zoom lens and zooming in on a specific piece of like a painting, you'll actually you're more likely to remember the whole painting because as you're zooming out, you're just taking it all in. Something about the zoom feature made people remember more. Interesting. How random is that? It makes me think about puzzles. Like the experience of looking and picking out this is this is why I'm a better Virgo than you by the way. <laughs> to be clear, I'm a Gemini, but my my rising is Virgo and Skylar's a Virgo with a rising in Pisces. If you're new to this, his moon is in Libra and mine is in Taurus. And my sun is in Virgo, but like in the seventh house or something, right? Of Libra More moving on. Something. Too much. Too much. Something complicated. I will give you that you also have Saturn conjuncting your ascendant. Mm-hmm. So, okay, do with that what you want, people. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, when you're in a store, you're picking out, you're like looking at the images, you're like, oh, how many pieces do I want? And like, do I like this image? Do I like the colors? Does this one look like it's worth spending time on because I'm going to have to like look at all these details? You are taking in the photo, you're making a decision, you're looking at your options, and then something happens in the process of putting together the puzzle where you become so connected with the time and each of the details and each of the pieces that you look at that when I go back, like my grandma's doing a bunch of puzzles and she like laid a bunch out and some of them are the puzzles that I gave her to do and that she's trying to get back to me and I was looking at all of these puzzles, some of which I've done, some of which I haven't and I felt like I knew so much about the artwork of the ones that I did versus the ones I didn't know, even if I was standing there and looking at it, because I felt like I had a relationship with that image because Mm -hmm. I took so much time and effort to put each and every piece, like I touched and looked at every piece of that that image, whether it was a painting or like a cartoon or whatever. And I mean, I don't really have anything else to say. Like, there's nothing like mm-hmm. from it, but there but that is a tactile aspect. So like, of, like zooming you were touching in it. So there's you... a tactile aspect of zooming in. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it would be like learning a picture. Like if I spent the same amount of time with an image that I did doing a puzzle, but all I did at the image was just look at it and use my eyes to look at it. I do think I would remember. And I do think that I would take in information it's i'm not saying that i wouldn't but there's something about being forced to figure out how to put an image together in your brain like saying okay no there's a yellow here but it's slightly different yellows than over here like i guess there's like a piece that sort of fits into here but it, it gets a little black at the end so i don't think it's like you're you're figuring the picture out differently and i don't know how it just made me think of that when you said zooming in on it. It would be like, I'd be interested for them to do that study, like having someone put together a puzzle piece of a picture 
or writing down or I don't know just looking at the picture in general any of my puzzle lovers out there will know what I mean when you say you bond and you become an image when I look at my past puzzles I'm like what's up dog like what's up I miss you baby girl girl where you been so I mean that's all I really have for you today well honestly that's that's pretty much all the time we have for today so that that works out perfectly (laughs) time that perfectly you know who our little puzzle pieces are that really Mm -hmm. put together and make this podcast what it is is our supporters we have a lovely bunch of a box of puzzle pieces and these are the people I'm going to read on this list are the people who donate or support us financially every week for this podcast or every month If you would like to become a supporter of this podcast, you can do so by clicking the support button in the podcast platform that you're listening to this on, or you can go to anchor.fm slash speaking of which, and there should be a support section, uh, and you can support for a dollar a month, $5 a month, even $10 a month. We greatly appreciate it. You can cancel at any time. And these people are the people that are currently supporting us. So thank you so much to Stacy, Teresa D, Heather A, Alyssa S, Rebecca PK, Lindsay M, Julie C, Dominic B, Catherine L, Phil K, Amy F, Jesse D, David B, Kelly C, Jesse H, and Anna M. Thank you so much to the folks who love us so much that they financially want to support us. It means the world. Even if you can't or don't want to financially support us or, you know, contribute, we still love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for getting this far. If you want to share our podcast or this episode on one of your social media sites or with a friend, it would also be really great and helpful thank you so much for doing that uh make sure you tag us in it so we can see because it just makes it more fun that way um and then the lastly if you want to support us but you don't want to or can't financially you can go on and rate our podcast on apple or google Podcasts. give us five stars people five stars we need to be the number one of garbage podcasts Mm -hmm. Oh, we love you. We already are. (laughs) We didn't even make the list. We're off the charts. You know, we're like 11th in like the uh, spirituality or like if you look up witchy podcasts, we come up somewhere between top 10, top 15. Hell yeah. So that's probably. Let's try and break top nine. (laughs) (laughs) We're so ambitious. Um, Anyways, we love you all so much and think about google effect Mm -hmm. goodbye they won't because they'll forget because they didn't write this down yeah okay bye